there's this thing called the internet that has come along in the last 30 years. I love telling audiences that, you know, I used to do marketing before we had the internet and you could just see people going like their heads are, you know, the wheels are turning like, well, like how, what did you do? So obviously that's a biggie, but it's, I, I'm glad you mentioned what hasn't changed because in a lot of ways, the fundamentals of what we're trying to do, you know, we're trying to get somebody who has a need to know, like, and trust us enough that they will get out their wallet or credit card or whatever it is <laughs> to engage us to do something for them or to buy a product that, that we sell. That has never changed. You know, obviously we have all these new platforms. We uh, have certainly more ways to engage, you know, go direct, you know, to audiences that we didn't have. But I'd like to tell people that, you know, often the thing that's changed the most that I don't think people pay enough attention to is the way people buy. They said getting started was the hardest part, but no one told you how hard it is to scale a custom service business. It's time for your team to step up, but your clients want you. Discover how to scale to seven figures and beyond by freeing up time and getting your team to run whole parts of the company so you can focus on scaling profits. This is the Hands Off CEO with Mandy Ellefson. Hello, this is Mandy Ellefson, host of the Hands Off CEO podcast. Today on the podcast, we have John Jantz from Duct Tape Marketing. Welcome to the show, John. Well, thanks for having me. Great to catch up with you again. Yeah, absolutely. This is the first time you've been on the Hands Off CEO podcast. I'm not sure how that's happened. I know we've known each other for a number of years and yeah. we've been on your podcast and, and even had a, a chance and to... And you've got a book coming out too, don't you? So you're, I'm going yes. to have you back on my podcast. I know. I'm really excited about that. I was looking at some of the things that John's been doing recently with, with their duct tape marketing community. And I know you and Sarah really are, are doing some great work there. I reached out to John because I wanted him to share this because there's such a cool angle here in how they're helping marketing consultants and marketing agencies to be able to really stand out as strategists. So I'd love to hear more about what, what you're doing right now with that. Well, you bet. So, you know, we, I mean, I built an agency, you know, using my methodology, duct tape marketing, we still run an agency, but about 15 years ago, especially when my first book came out, you know, we started getting a lot of inquiries from other agencies, other consultants saying, Hey, I read your book. You know, I love the methodology. I want to license it. And so for really about the past 10 or 12 years, we've been licensing consultants, agencies, business owners to use our methodology to work with small businesses. Our approach is, has always been strategy before tactics. And, and really every engagement in our agency, when somebody comes to us and says, oh, I want a website or I want SEO or I want Facebook ads or whatever they, they think of that day, we say, yes, we do those. But first, we're going to go through strategy. And it's a very set process that we've you know, refined over the years that I kind of laughingly refer to it almost as a product. But the couple of reasons that we do that and why it's been such a potent approach, number one is it's the right approach. <laughs> People should always start with strategy instead of just saying, oh, I want to do this thing this week and this thing next week. But the other thing it does for us as an agency is it changes us from being a provider, a vendor, you know, whatever they might call it, to really being a trusted advisor. Because we're asking them questions and we're running them through things that nobody's ever asked them to do, <laughs> that nobody's ever been able to kind of shed a light on for them. And so at, at the end of that 30, 45 day, you know, kind of initial engagement that we call strategy first, they, they literally are saying, oh, you know, okay, we've got a plan now. Like, how can you make this happen? <laughs> so there's no like, give me a proposal or, you know, what's this going to be about? We literally go from strategy to 
turning into a trusted advisor to then just having a long-term, you know, much higher probably fee engagement than we, we would get if we just took whatever they came to us with. So, you know, having a having the right message, having the right price, quite frankly, and the right system, you know, together allows us to to really do work that's 60, 70% margin, you know, with a, an ideal client who is what I call an investor, you know, who who's investing in their in their business. And so it really allows us then to scale and and add people and delegate, you know, because we've got a system. I mean, you it's what you teach in in other aspects of of the business that, you know, has really kind of allowed us to create this model. I have started calling it recently that we're licensing our fractional CMO system. You know, we've we've we haven't called it that until the last couple of years, but in effect that's what we've been doing. You know, but right. it's probably a little a different approach. And I think we figured out how to scale that model, <laughs> you know, by having this repeatable system and having a scope over fractional CMO, what it actually means. Because I think, you know, there are a lot of people out there that have been doing that model for a while, but, you know, they can work with three or four clients because they're essentially selling their time, <laughs> you know, to those three or four clients. And, and I think we've kind of cracked the nut on a, a hybrid approach that says, no, you can. You can go to the small business with this positioning and you can actually scale it. You know, we have people that are that use our system that are working with, you know, 18, 20 clients. Well, and so, and what I love about what you shared here is that, you know, what we haven't mentioned is you've been doing this for 30 years. Yeah, so you've been seeing, <laughs> you've been seeing all sorts of changes in the market, which I want to get, I want to talk about, actually, I'm really curious about that, but you have standardized something that it took you 30 years to, to create. Right. And the reason why these fractional CMOs have to be almost like part-time employees for these companies is because they haven't gone through and put together a framework like you have. That's right. Yeah. I mean, they they essentially are selling, you know, you can have a fourth of my time. So I'm going to sit in on the meetings and I'm going to do this. And I mean, you know, the trap of the fractional CMO, CMO is that if you go in as a traditional CMO, they're still going to want all your time, <laughs> you yeah. know, because there's always more to do, right? right? And so, you know, the real key, as simple as it sounds, is to have a scope. You know, here's what it means. I mean, too many right. people go in and it's like, what do you need? You know, I'll show up for everything, <laughs> you know, and and so that that obviously will not scale. Yeah. Well, and that's a great way to start, though, because that's how you learn how to generate results. But yeah. you've already done the legwork, so someone can come and plug into your system and that's then right. immediately start doing engagements. I think you were sharing that the price point that you can do these initial engagements for. Did you want to share that? Yeah. I mean, we we have people every day that that are now doing this initial engagement for $7,500 to $10,000. And and so it's not for everybody. You know, Not every business owner you know, is going to sit still for that. But the good news is it's for the right client. It's the client you want. <laughs> you know, that, that really, exactly. because somebody who's going to pay that much for a strategic engagement, even if they don't fully understand you know, what they're getting, you know, they realize they have to invest in their business. It's a long-term game. Marketing's not an event. And so it's it it does a couple things. You know, you've got somebody who is willing to pay that kind of money, who understands the long-term, you know, approach. And and really you're going to over time, you're going to be able to get them the best solution as well, because you know, we should start with strategy. Yeah. I love that. So I'd love to hear from you, John. What are the some of the things that you've seen change over the last 30 years in the marketing industry and what things have stayed the same. <laughs> well, there's this thing called the internet that has come along in the last 30 years. 
I, I love telling audiences that, you know, I used to do marketing before we had the internet and you could just see people going like their heads are, you know, the wheels are turning like, well, like how, <laughs> you know, what, what did you do? So, so obviously that's a biggie, but it's, I, I'm glad you mentioned what hasn't changed because in a lot of ways, the fundamentals of what we're trying to do, you know, we're trying to get somebody who has a need to know, like, and trust us enough that they will get out their wallet or credit card or whatever it is. <laughs> to engage us to do something for them or to buy a product that that we sell. That has never changed. <laughs> you know, obviously we have all these new platforms, we have certainly more ways to engage, you know, go direct, you know, to to audiences that we didn't have. But I'd like to tell people that you know, often the thing that's changed the most that I don't think people pay enough attention to is the way people buy. <laughs> you know, marketing mm. certainly has changed in terms of it's platforms and tools and technology, but the thing, you know, how people acquire things, you know, is really what's changed. And that's the thing that we have to focus on the most. That's why I spent so much time talking about the customer journey, because, you know, many of the ways in which people now, you know, find and make decisions about the companies they're going to do business with, we don't even see. I mean, it's like out of our, you know, view, maybe somewhat out of our control. And so obviously this idea of creating an end-to-end -end customer journey is something that we have to focus on really every one of the stages uh, that our ideal client goes through when making a decision. I love that. It makes me think about, I actually pulled out your duct tape marketing book and this copy, you signed this. I actually came, when I came to your event with your duct tape consults, I remember you signing oh, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. So watching the video, you can see this. And I told this story. So you remember the story, but obviously our listeners haven't, but this was one of the first marketing books that I read as a web designer, as a web design, and I was getting into branding and I recognized that I was doing all these tactical things right. and, and I was recognizing that I really wanted to help our clients actually make more money, not just put out a website. So I, I read this book and I was seriously interested in becoming a consultant and looking back, it was really dumb that I didn't, honestly, <laughs> this was, was 15 years ago. I had a one-year-old baby at the time. And I remember reading that book and I bring up this book because if you look through this book, these are all timeless things that are still relevant, Yeah, which is saying something in the marketing <laughs> space with so much change. Yeah. I'm sure there were other people doing it, but at the time, you know, I, right when this book came out, we were really transitioning from the, the internet being a, a serious marketing tool, you know, for small business. And so I think I was doing some things in terms of creating content and you know, focusing on, you know, SEO and some of the things that were coming that are still, like you said, some of the little details have changed, but the fundamentals of, you know, of, of what we're trying to do, you know, that, that was good marketing in 2007 and it's good marketing still today. Right. So how would you recommend companies consider the balance between, you know, the old school tried and true that will always work, the fundamentals yeah. and the newer emerging technologies that, well, the newer emerging strategies that are driven with new technologies? I mean, there's even businesses. I have a client that I've worked with forever. I still the only client I work with just because, you know, I'm on like the second generation of, <laughs> of ownership and, and it's just kind of the th thing I like to do. I mean, they're old schools can be. They're a modeling contractor. They only work in their community. <laughs> All of their contracts are, you know, pretty much done in the home and, you know, or across the desk. I mean, it's still pretty, pretty old school, but you know, I really got them to embrace content there. I'm sure they were one of the first remodeling contractors in the country, if not the world, that was blogging. And so 
you know, I got them to really embrace this idea of educational content. Sure, it attracted people, it attracted search engines, but it's also just a very useful thing to do for prospective clients. And so, you know, now today, I mean, they have grown, you know, in leaps and bounds. And so, you know, they're on Instagram and they're, you know, running, you know, paid ads on Facebook and they're, you know, they're using all of this, the technologies that allow them to reach the audience, you know, as big as they, you know, possibly can, but they're still driving the fundamentals, you know, back to the fact that there's good, useful, you know, information, good, useful content. They obviously, you know, are able to share a process that creates an incredible customer experience. They use a lot of these new tools to actually promote what a great place it is to work, which then in in turn, you know, makes it easy for them in an industry that is really, really hit hard in terms of of labor. It's actually made it very easy for them to attract, you know, the cream of the crop talent. So, you know, these things go that you mentioned, you know, both the kind of newer tools go hand in hand to not replace the same, you know, having a great culture and, you know, having the things that make it a great business, they just supplement it. They allow you to reach farther and deeper into an audience that you're already serving well. I love that distinction that you added there too, because it's not just about marketing for new customers, but one of their biggest choke points in their company is actually having the talent to do the, the services, which is a, is a huge problem in the blue collar space. Absolutely. And it's a very unique approach to be able to apply the, the same principles for attracting new clients to be able to attract in the right kind of team. Absolutely. And it's, you know, a lot of people wait until they have a position they need to fill and then they go try to fill it. You think about growth and talent acquisition as a pipeline, (laughs) then, you know, it's no different than, you know, trying to acquire new customers. It's the same idea. You know, the beauty of a a message that talks about, you know, employer branding is kind of the term we we're, we're using today to apply to that. You know, talking about sharing what a great, well, obviously it's got to be real, but sharing what a great place it is to to work, you know, is also a really positive marketing message. I mean, wouldn't you want to hire the remodeling contractor that has happy employees, you know, that that do great work? You know, so it's it's really it, they they go very very much hand in hand. I really like what you shared there about the employer branding. That's a whole other aspect of marketing that really is important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and, and so, particularly today, you know, in today's environment, I mean, the, it's, it's like you have buyer's markets and seller's markets. Well, it's a, you know, it's an employee's market right now. I mean, they, you know, they, they can leave your organization, you know, w- without the fear of, you know, of of being unemployed because there's somebody down the street that that wants them and and so you know they're paying a lot of attention these days to you know what it is you know where where they work and what it's like to work at that organization. That is a very unique approach. I'm I'm glad you brought that up and I I do recognize that so many people will say that there's just not enough good talent out there. And it's just not the case. There's plenty of good talent. You just have to have good processes to be able to sort and good processes and, and, you know, that, that employer branding, like you're mentioning that really yeah. attracts in the cream of the crop That's right. That's right. so that you have this massive funnel of, of people to be coming into your organization. And the way I would see it is that if, if you don't have your potential candidates coming to your calls, eager, who've looked through your website and who've said, I want to work here. Tell me how, how I can make this. Why I love what you guys are doing. If you're not hearing those kind of comments on your yeah. interviews, you're not doing something right. That's right. Yeah. And and some of it can actually be 
you know, a culture issue, a, you know, process issue internally, but some of it's, you're just maybe not getting the word out <laughs> as well. I mean, they get, they go hand in hand. That's what, you know, a lot of the organizations that we're working with that are service organizations. I mean, we're, we're trying to tell their, their people stories, you know, as thoroughly in marketing as we're telling their customer stories. Ooh, I love that. What a great takeaway. So I want to talk about a lot of the, the kind of companies that your your certified your certified program, your um mm-hmm. remind me again what you guys call it, your consult your ducting marketing consultant network. Correct. Uh-huh. Um, that you serve. So if someone is starting a marketing advising company, maybe they want to be a fractional CMO, maybe they have a company that has been getting some traction, but they still are finding themselves very stuck in it and yeah. doing a lot of the tactical types types of things and not delivering at the level that, that they'd really like to. What would you advise them to do to be able to get to the next level in their business? Well, I mean, the easy button is to license our system, right? That's the obvious answer. But but what we always tell people, you know, there are kind of three things that have to go hand in hand. You have to have the right package. You know, you you can't just go to the market and say, what do you need? <laughs> we, you know, we're digital marketers. That means we can do anything, right? So what's the package meaning that I have, I solve a very specific problem for a very specific type of client in a very specific way. <laughs> you know, that's right. the package, right? And then you've got to be able to price that thing in such a way in the service business that you're 60, 70% margin, profit margin. Because what that then allows you to do is take the, a repeatable system that you create or again, license, and you're able to now have the margin to delegate and and train and and bring in folks to actually do the work. Because what happens to so many agencies is they start getting pretty good at getting clients, but they, they, the owner of the business looks around and says, I'm working harder than ever and I'm making less <laughs> than ever, you know, because I'm scaling sideways. You know, I'm, I'm adding people maybe to the team and I'm adding clients, but it's not really taking us anywhere. And so by having this repeatable system that you can actually train and delegate and quite frankly, get work done that doesn't have to be done by you anymore is how you actually effectively scale, you know, vertically, which is what people are trying to do, but struggle with so much. It's the right package, it's the right price, and it's the right system, you know, all working in concert to to really grow your business. Mm, I love that. So I have had the great opportunity to come and, and see firsthand, really impressive, the community that you've built. The reason why I would say this is, you know, we've had some of the same clients, some clients that have gone through your program, they've elevated, they've gotten to a point where they actually can come in and bring things to the next level at, at, at hands-off CEO. We're typically working with million-dollar-plus agencies. But one thing that that I hear from them is that, first of all, we found out very quickly that we need to make sure that our events did not overlap with your events because there was no way that they were missing your events. And <laughs> the level of dogged determination that it took that they had to come to your events, first of all, is admirable. Second of all, I want to know what your what your secret sauce is to make that happen. <laughs> and I hear such great things that they that they are they are staying around for a long time that they feel very engaged in the community. What is it about this network that is working so well? I think it's a little bit like you know I was talking about we're attracting the right ideal client you know by going with strategy before tactics. I mean, and I think there's a little bit of that to who is attracted to you know this program. You know, especially as we've started positioning it as a fractional CMO program. It's attracting people that have a level of experience, that have a level, I mean, that believe strategy, you know, has to come first, that they want to serve their clients that way. So I think that's one of the first things. We're just attracting people that, you know, are kind of like-minded. 
you know, I don't, there's no secret sauce for me. I mean, what happens is they get together and, and, you know, they help each other and they thrive, you know, as a community themselves. And I mean, we, we just try to not get in the way because I mean, they, they stay because of the community. I mean, we have people that have, have been in the network for 12, 13 years. It's really, they will tell you that, you know, it's not because of me, (laughs) it's because of the, you know, the group and the community. Mm -hmm. That's what I've heard from multiple people. And They're getting together, they're they're co-creating, co-branding types of assets and resources and just really supporting each other to, to get to this next level. And so I love the community that you're building and anyone who's listening that is interested in bringing the next level and, and maybe their, their company is at you know this place that we're, we're talking about, I would highly recommend that you look at this certification program because it allow you to be able to step up to a whole new level in your business. And I, I am a firm believer in investing ahead. I think I think one of the biggest mistakes that I have made earlier on is one of the things that I mentioned is just like not investing in myself early enough yeah. and investing very shallow. It really came from a lack of confidence. It took me a little while to think about that because it was from the perspective of like, well, you know what? I can invest in that if I get to that level of success. But no, that's what gets you to that next level. So <laughs> right. I'd love to hear from you. You know, you looking back at your 30-year career in this, what would you do different? <laughs> You know, probably some of the same things, investing in some things earlier. You know, one one of my daughters started a business and I was, I'm always so impressed. She's actually sold it. (laughs) You know, an agency did incredibly well. And I was always very taken by from day one. She was like, no, we're going to get the branding right. We're going to, you know, I'm going to pay for this person I can't afford, (laughs) you know, because we need that role to, you know, to do it right. And I, you know, I was much more of a hustler, you know, see if, if I can go this direction and that direction and, you know, this opportunity presents itself. And, uh, you know, I, I probably wish I would have been a little more structured for growth early on, but, you know, again, that it's, it's easy in hindsight, you know, to look back and and say what you do different, isn't it? It is. And it sounds like your daughter may have had a little bit of an advantage where she's just standing <laughs> yeah, she, on the she, shoulders she, of a She giant. saw all my mistakes and, and learned from that. <laughs> Well, and maybe you found the same thing, but you know, in hands off CEO, we've just come to another place where, you know, the next the next stage of growth has required a lot of investment. You know, we've made a lot of hires in, in a short amount yeah. of time. And there's a leap of faith that comes into that. And, you know, even hiring where you're like, we don't yet have the cash flow to be able to support this, but we're gonna figure it out. And then, you know, yeah. sure enough, you take those next steps and and everything that you need, all those resources just show up and then those investments you've made then go take you to the whole next level. And I see that again and again in my business. Is that something that you've seen too? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I mean, I think if nothing, obviously there are smart investments that you're making, but I think there's also this intention. It's like, I'm doing this because here's where we're going. I mean, and and there is something that sort of magically takes you there, you know, because of that, that stated intention, you know, back with action. The intention back with action. I love that. Well, John, is there any questions that I, I didn't ask that I should have asked? Well, some people might be wondering, if anybody's interested in our licensing program, they might be wondering, like, how does it work? What are the logistics? So the process starts with a three-day certification intensive. We do them about every 60 days. Uh, so, you know, just like it sounds, you know, you spend three days, we're doing them. We're not back doing them in person yet. We're still doing them over, over Zoom. 
calls. And then you go into kind of a 90 day incubator period, because we want to make sure that you are able to attract clients and convert clients and fulfill in this very specific thing that we've certified you to do. Um, and really then at that point, you can decide if you want to stick around and, and join our network, which, you know, then you'll go into mastermind groups and you'll go into, you know, specific training on tactics and things that we do on an ongoing basis as well. Grandpa, when people listen to these, like I said, we do them about every 60 days. So if you just check out ducttapemarketing.com, you'll see the, 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 the little button for license our system and it'll, you can get all the details there. Great. Well, that, that sounds fascinating. And I actually, I love hearing about your process for how to do that. You know, I love marketing. I love sales, but I also love the processes behind it because they're all connected. And if you, you can't really separate any of them, but I love to hear how the mechanics work for what you're doing. So yeah, um, well, I appreciate that. Well, yeah, absolutely. Well, John, you, I know you shared your website, ducttakemarketing.com. Is is there any other places that you might want to direct anyone to here listening? Well, I'm I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. You know, again, just it's actually it's duct tape marketing on LinkedIn as well. But uh, yeah, you can you can pretty much find uh, anything that I've been doing the last couple of decades at ducttapemarketing.com as well. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, John. I really appreciate you coming and sharing your decades of wisdom. It's been really a pleasure to have you. Well, thanks, Mandy. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Hands Off CEO with Mandy Ellefson. If you want to work less and make more, make sure you subscribe and get a new episode every week and help spread the word by leaving a review.